It's Wednesday, April 6, 2016, and you're listening to episode 395 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 55 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. My name's Chad. This is Wayne. Two announcements right quick before we get down to business. First off, Chad and I have gotten back active in Warframe, which is a free-to-play game. You can download it off of Steam, or I think there's a Warframe.com or something to that effect. But you can get it off Steam. And we had a Fear the Boot clan called Fear the Ninjas, a very, very clever name. Oh, yes. In our (laughs) our long range of Fear the products. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And... Until Fear the Walking Dead came along. (laughs) Our lawyers are still looking into that. (laughs) Top men. (laughs) Top men. Unfortunately, John doesn't get paid as much as their lawyers. So we're... Yeah, so do. AMC or whoever it is, you win this round. <laughs> With your crappy show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and comic and whatever that nobody watches and nobody likes, right? Right? The Fear of the Walking Dead is supposed to be terrible. Is it? Okay. Yeah, like the TV show and the comic book Wayne and I used to be fans of. We just kind yeah, of grew out of it. I got tired of it. It's good. I got tired of it. But Fear the Walking Dead was be never awful. a comic, and yeah. the show was horrible. Well, thank God. We are still the top <laughs> Fear the product right. on the internet. So anyway, uh, we used to have a Fear the Ninja clan. Still do. There were some people that kept it. never it. went away. No, it never there went away. There were always people in it. Yes, and it is still around, and we just expanded the total size that people can take on. And Chad and I have started yes. playing it, and a couple friends of mine that I've picked up in the years since or two like years since we last played Chad it. Chad and I are playing it, and then, and a couple of friends yeah. of mine, like, yeah, yeah well, I, I got that. I got and that. then several <laughs> other people, like, you know, that either are still in it or are getting back into it. Mm-hmm. So that's rolling again. So if you're interested so, in checking out a free-to-play Space Ninja game, I'll put a link in the show notes to both. Oh, that actually answers the question I was about to ask is, what is this game okay, anyway? so really quick... Yeah. Sales. We don't want to be too. Yeah, we don't want to be salesmen for somebody else's game. No, exactly. but you're describing and asking yeah. people to come play with you a game that I know I have no idea what the gameplay is. And this is an opportunity for is. the fans to socialize, right? right. Members of Fear the Boot, because exactly. it's a co-op game when we play together. Yes, it is yeah. a co-op game. There are competitive aspects, but they are very underdeveloped, and, and we don't really even get into yeah. that much. But the gist of it is that you play the role of somebody it's kind of like a space ninja it's kind of like a suit of powered armor that you pick various weapons that each yeah. have different properties and the suits themselves have different properties and, and they, then you they do together. different roles yeah. and such. there's like the basics the healer the stabby guy the tank but they don't really do the holy trinity no and, they, and they don't, you don't do the tank damage healing and you don't quite. have to if you get four people together because that's how many are in, in a group at any one time to do a mission and everybody wants to play the tank guy, then everybody plays tank guy. That's That's not a problem. Yeah, Yeah, it's completely legit. It's not really the MMO Holy Trinity, but you pick a frame that fits kind of the flavor role you want to play, and then they give you various objectives to go out and fulfill, Mm -hmm. and there are weapons you can develop and powers you can develop. It's a lot of customization, some pretty cool stuff. So I'll put some links to that in the show notes. Once again, it's completely free. So if you want yeah. to check it out, there's a whole parkour, like it's a third person game. And there's this whole like wall running parkour flip out movement ninja aspect to it. 
And then you can have a whole bunch of guns too, and rocket launchers and grenade launchers and swords and sides and hammers and like any possible way you could dream of killing a person, you can do it because you're a ninja. And then Space Ninja, and there you go. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun. So, check the show notes. Very mission based. The second thing is many of you are probably familiar with the One Shot podcast, who also does the campaign podcast, James Cat at Alia out of Chicago. Well, we are going to be doing some crossover shows with them. We did one before. We're going to be doing some more. They're going to be coming on our show, and they're going to be giving us some theater lessons on how to do various voices. And I've asked them to give some practical lessons that you guys can try along with us here on the show. But they're also going to have us on their show where they are going to run a game for a group of us from Fear the Boot. And... Right now, they're taking open voting or open ideas, which will lead to voting, on what that game will be or what its attributes will be and what sort of game this is going to be. So if you want to get in on picking the game that we are going to play with the folks from OneShot, then I'll put a link to a forum thread where you can go and post your requests, which they're then going to collate and put into a poll where people can vote and decide what it is they want to see. And folks have suggested all sorts of games. The very first suggestion is one I wholly support, which is somebody said they really didn't care. They just wanted to see me play Gnarl. And that fits right... In full costume. Yes. But that fits right in with the whole thing they want to do on our show about voices because Gnarl has his own voice. Yes, he does. And so... Does it hurt to do Gnarl's voice? Uh, actually, it kind of can after a <laughs> long amount of time. Can you give us a sample? No. If people people want to hear Gnarl, there's two places they can do it. One is they can either dig through our archive. There was an episode where I did Gnarl. And I also did Rot, and I did Rit, Mm -hmm. and I did a couple of my Gnolls. But the other option is if you're too lazy to look backward, just vote. I don't care what it is, but Dan (laughs) plays Gnarl. And there you go. So that's my way of stuffing the ballot box. Vote like it's the Ennies. But I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And we've got another project, a wholly unrelated thing we're working on with them, but I'll tell you more about that as it draws closer because they've got some stuff going on and we've got some stuff going on we got to get past first, but that is coming up. You know what I'd like to do? Two chicks at once? No, oh. not really. Oh. Why would I disappoint when I disappoint two women at the same time? <laughs> I'm with you, Vanilla I Face. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> over the past week on Reddit, there has been two threads in the RPG subreddit okay people asking hey know any good podcasts on role-playing games and several of you listeners got on and said hey check out fear the boot and i just want to say thank you yes thank yeah. you guys for that cool yeah uh, we we appreciate anything that you do to spread the word about what we do and about mm-hmm. any level of entertainment or advice that we provide or even if you just want to be pointlessly outraged, shake your fists and impotent rage at the screen over offensive things that Brodor says. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's it's too early in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Brodor is like a steam engine of outrage. He, he's got to build up ahead. He's got. Well, did you guys have me going in the car? Like I was legitimately like I was irritated at dinner, and then by the time we pulled up and I had parked a house down from Dan's because there's cars everywhere on the street, right? Somebody's collecting the fucking things, but I, I was uh, now I'm all worked up again. I know. Oh, we we were I driving have a dream home. Episode in my mind of getting Pat worked up to where Pat does one of his rare explosions because when Pat gets on a roll, you keep.
can't stop no. him. Yeah, like and the getting Grodor worked up on the same thing <laughs> yes. and getting the two of them across yeah. from each other. I have to say, I, I kind of sensed that you were getting spun up in the car, and I kept poking you because <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> what was this over? Was this over the? Fun she fucking touched me. <laughs> like, why did she have to touch me? Okay, so we go to this Mexican restaurant that is really good and has good margaritas, and it has this delicious almond tequila that mm-hmm. we get shots of. Really, really good stuff. Anyway. Last time Dan and I were there, they were soliciting this charity fun run, fun walk, but they were giving you the hard sell. Like oh, I was, was like really uncomfortable. So tonight we go back for dinner before the episode. And again, they're giving us the hard sell. But then the woman who works there, who is very matronly and mm-hmm. sweet, generally very, very kind. She had to go and touch me and she puts her hand on my back and kind of gives me the rub with her nails and then goes from, you know, the, the left shoulder over to the right across my back and i was like <laughs> why are you f-ing touching me it's oh, bad enough that you're she soliciting was me to pick you up <laughs> i'm in a corner here and she's between me oh. and brodor and i'm just like yeah. i'm getting uncomfortable yeah. with how close they're getting yeah, I, here i can't get out i'm trapped if she goes for him and starts to rip See, his clothes off, and, I can't run. And here's the, here's the part that really sucks. Why would like, you I, want to? I, I know I'm old. I know I'm overweight. I know I'm not an attractive person. But if this chick thinks she, she can pick me up, I have serious problems. <laughs> I'm, I'm way more fugly than I thought I was if she thought she had a chance. So, and it's not Saturday night. Okay. No, no. Brodor. I, I can give you a little bit of perspective. I don't know if this is going to be helpful. But I can give you a little bit of perspective. Cultural differences. When I went to Venezuela back in 2001, there was a warning that I got before we made the trip down. Because You're a handsome man. <laughs> Watch your cornhole, Peter. <laughs> Shine the sheriff's badge. There, there is a story about that kind of stuff, but I'll save that for a different episode. I think I actually already told it on Bedtime Stories episode. But there was a warning I was given before we went down Because of the fact that I am a fairly high-strung person, I like my personal space, you Mm. know, that kind of stuff. And they warned me before we went down there. They said, look, this is a... The culture's close talkers. Yes. They put their hand on their shoulder. They hug. You don't greet with a handshake. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's male, female, whatever. If you have any sense of kinship or friendship whatsoever with the person... You hug them, you kiss them. It's very hands-on. <laughs> Our culture, and I don't know if that's America, from what I understand, most of the English-speaking world is like this, Australia, England, whatever, but we're very distant from each other. You know, we shake hands, if even that. We insult each other to show that we like each other. Maybe we pick up a bar tab, and that's The way us. God intended. I got it. <laughs> but I was warned when you go down there, Broder, I just realized something. Dan bought your dinner. You were hit on twice tonight. <laughs> wow. But the point is that when I went down there, they warned me that they said, you know, people are going to be really up in your business. You know, this, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the same boundaries that you're used to in America. And that doesn't mean anything. That's just kind of how yeah. it goes. And the woman that was doing this to you, big shock, she is Mexican. And I don't know specifically which part of Mexico she comes from or whatever, but it's still, you know, broadly speaking, a similar culture. And so and I remember the first time we went, she was even asking us how her English was. Yeah. This was when they first opened. Yeah. So her boundaries are going to be culturally very different than ours. Right. So but here's the thing. 
if the last two times I had been there, I had not been aggressively solicited to participate in their charity event that my fat ass is obviously not going to do, maybe maybe her trying to stroke me would not have been so bothersome. Yeah, it was a really hard sell. You know, brother, I'm doing a charity walk in a few weeks, <laughs> and and Wayne what? will. And I'm not coming, Wayne. Back. And I'm not coming. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right here to your face, because <laughs> we have a rapport and a kinship, a friendship. This woman, oh. I don't know her for Adam, so I'm, I'm not comfortable telling her to fuck off. I'm not inviting you. I don't want you there. <laughs> But you do want to touch him, right? <laughs> no, I am doing no. <laughs> See, that's the difference between. No, I am doing you. a Make a Wish Foundation walk in a couple of weeks, and it's the superhero is their theme of it this year. But nobody is. Actually... You should be Charles Xavier, just to make Sarah push you the whole way. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to take the dogs up with me for the walk and go that's out and cool. walk with them. But nobody's donated to me, so I'm not really raising them any Aww. money. I don't think you've mentioned this, Wayne. I put it on Facebook. That's all I've done. What's Facebook? I'll give I you even, the leak. Maybe someone here will you'll donate some money I, I and I'll feel like better about it. We have this podcast and everything, and this is the first I'm hearing I don't know. This. We've only raised, like, what, $10,000 of the course of our existence for charity. I just thought of mentioning it right now when he's talking about the fun run. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. I would totally wear a cape. They're going to provide capes, so I probably will wear a cape. We wear a cape and fangs? I do have a new pair of fangs. <laughs> What? <laughs> Wait, this was supposed to be behind you. Hold on, you said you said new pair. Yes, so there was a previous pair of fangs. The oh. previous pair of fangs we know about. Wayne, <laughs> where and why did you get a new pair of fangs? Is this going to get a Wayne's awkward confession? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where exactly I bought them, but it was one of those things where they were on sale. So I bought like four boxes of them. Wayne's awkward confessions. And they were are they bogo fangs. This is this is actually it was buy one get one. <laughs> and they are they're hey, a lot you know, like if it's a good deal, guys, you, you can't pass yeah. up a good deal. They are a lot like the original ones I had, where mm-hmm. you mold them to your own mm-hmm. own teeth, and All they'll right. snap in and out. And- I get you. All hey, I'm thinking of the line from Simpsons. That's a great price for 15 pounds of nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have, a, I have about four yeah. boxes of fangs at home. That's right. Yeah. Why? You, you can't say he's not thrifty. Because they were on sale. They it's were like, on sale. They're I well know go. I will find a so, use for these. How much vampire... Can you honestly <laughs> say, I won't find a use for fangs <laughs> over the next year? What use? Year I don't know what use, but I will find a use. Four sets of disposable fangs, usable within a year. And we're four months in. Oh, they're not disposable. These are the kind you mold. Mm. These are the nice kind. Oh, okay. You use them multiple times. (laughs) How much much vampire LARPing do you do? I have never played vampire, and I have never LARPed. Okay. How much weird... I've never been invited. How much weird (laughs) vampire kink are you into? Oh, Hmm. Do you mean in person or online? Uh, Go yes. on. <laughs> Let's take both. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. There might be a little bit something there. Okay, Wayne, let's start with in person. We need a new theme song. Wayne's Sanguine Confession. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's pictures out there from the year I went to Gen Con, and I hung out in the uh, White Wolf booth as much as I could. They had hired models there that all had fangs. They weren't and- models. No, they were from the strip club down the street. There you go. They were strip uh, <laughs> Because we ran into them yes. down the street. Now, what about in person? Um, That was my in person. I'm pretty lame, actually. You're not lame. You're the thrifty vampire. <laughs> Bogo. You're Bogo the vampire. Which, 
By the way, when we get to our topic later, yes. vampire, another great option for Perfect. long jump. Okay, but so well, let's. I, I did remember. I did hang out with a lot of people that were the weird vampires, where they actually did cut each other and drink each other's blood. And am I the only one that thinks a that's a little bit hot? <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, somebody's out there listening. It's like, yeah, brother, you're a little weird, but it's kind of hot too. I got a little. I got a little blood in it myself. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I won't nope. lie. <laughs> Whoever you are, brodortfeartheboot.com yeah, is know. an email address. You know what? I have to admit, I just gave that all due consideration. I did. I decided, okay, I'm not going to blow this off. I'm going to think about it and consider it, weigh the pros and cons, and blood and sex and so, no. No. Yeah. I no. told them they were no. all insane. They were just my friends that I hung out so, with. So, no. Chad, you want to hear true story okay after this fiasco <laughs> no <laughs> tell me a good dan i want you to lie to me and i want you to tell me a good story with ninjas and dragons Ooh. yeah i got a good story but it doesn't involve ninjas and dragons <laughs> um disappointment all right all right hold on the topic for today we'll go ahead and set this up <laughs> <laughs> well oh i'm God. trying to see no i uninstalled it i had rory story keys on my phone so i thought maybe mm-hmm. i could tell you a story real quick but the topic for today is we want to talk about time jumps in a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Now, the big parameter we're going to set right up front here is we're not talking about time travel. So we are not right. talking about somebody who can instantaneously move forward or backward in time. We are talking specifically about time jumps. Significant time jumps, too. Not like, okay, we save the princess three weeks later. No, right. this is like... In the bad guy's dead, now five years later. Five years years go by, yeah. Ten years go by, a hundred years go by. Whatever the case may be, we're talking about significant jumps in time. Mm -hmm. And this is things that we've seen in our own games in the past. For example, in the Gnarl game, bringing that Mm -hmm. one up again, there was a time jump where after we took over that town and gave Pat a city to rule again, there was a jump where it's like, okay, now Pat's been the lord of this town for X number of years, and we had to talk about what we've been doing during that time. And I will admit that was laziness on my part because I didn't want to get into role playing rebuilding the town. Well, it's really boring. Well, and I think there are. I mean, if we want to stop right here and talk about the purposes of mm-hmm. the time jumps, that may be one of them. Is quite frankly, there's content you don't want to deal with. Yeah, because it's boring. It's uninteresting. And as much as we could trot out a nice little platitude, like, we'll make it interesting. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, whatever. So you don't have to. If, if your group doesn't like dealing with politics, I mean, actual politics of he is a king. There mm-hmm. are people under him. He is having to direct people that kind of politics. Then why make them play through it? The, if you can just skip to the point where you're well, not especially dealing with because it. rebuilding the town is ultimately about Pat while yeah. that's going on. Narl's trying to found his tribe. Well, that's about me. Narl lost an enormous amount of respect for Sir William. That's mm-hmm. just kind of... That's, that's a given. That's the universe <laughs> as a whole. That's just how reality works. Right. But Sir William was off doing something banal, and that was about <laughs> Wayne. Those were stories that were much more interesting to say, okay, we're doing this X amount of years jump. What have you been doing? Yeah. And then you guys can give a monologue. Well, I did this and this and this, after thinking about it or a write up or something. Yeah, yeah I don't it's think it's so ever, much more interesting than role playing. I don't think it, it ever really came out what Sir William was doing, but he was trying to Two join the at one. 
No, he was trying to. <laughs> well, that just comes with the you know, that, with that character. Yes, yeah. I could see. No, that. he was trying to join the group that was trying to take out the was it the elders? Yeah, we call yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. He was actually trying to get in with the group that we ended up fighting. Mm-hmm. So, when you guys were kids, did you ever have somebody give you a stupid chore to do, whether at school or at home? And when you complained, they said, "Try and make a game out of it." Yes, and isn't, and then I also had try to sing a song about it. Yeah. Time jumps are the same way. Mm-hmm. There may be this platitude of, you know, make it interesting. <laughs> it really doesn't yeah. work. And it's kind of, all right. But Chad, you mm-hmm. were thinking about now doing this in your current, current game. game. Yeah. How much of a time jump are you looking at? And why do a time jump at all? In our current game, Blades in the Dark, Criminals, I will not get into the backstory of it because we did that for two episodes. Yeah, people already know. Right. I'm kind of doing chapters. Okay. And there are three chapters and they each have a different theme. Uh, the first theme was Rise. It was the Rise of the Strays. And the second one is about the supernatural aspects of the world. Okay. It's I, If I had to title it, I'd call it Ghosts. And then the third one I, I can't really talk about. It's about Brits. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't really talk about because uh, Wayne is sitting here. And uh, a lot of what they do in Chapter 2 is going to influence Chapter 3. Okay. But Chapter 3 is going to be a culmination of the strays activity it's going to be their goals i i don't want to say long range goals because we're going to do a time jump here so there's yes. but from the character's perspective in their current state it will be the culmination of those goals okay so it's the consequences of the choices up to this point yes and it will be their actions and where they're okay. headed and then boom that's going to be a cut we win yay and you so know, it's going to be the reverse of mass effect you wait three years for the next chapter, but your choices actually matter. Right. So at that point, the next book of the game yeah. is on a different level. Okay. Right? It deals with a different level of faction and stuff and plot and politics and stuff that, that the strays are the strays is the name of the gang. The strays are dealing with now. And it's actually being alluded to. In the current game, it was alluded to a lot in the first chapter. It's alluded to in a lot in the second. And it's going to be alluded to a lot in the third. So you're changing tone, power level, yes. and influence. Yes. And you're going to do that with the time jump. Yes. So at the end of said time jump, mm-hmm. you're going to have a different tone, a different power level, yes. and a different, a different uh, I don't know, series of spheres of influence yep. or well, levels and, of influence. It, it would make sense this. in the way that this particular game works, too, because... Everything that the group's doing is to grow the gang. Yes. Is to expand. There's a lot of long-term mm-hmm. projects going on. So out of every game that I've ever been in, this is probably the mm-hmm. one where a time jump makes the most right. sense. Right. A lot of me. clocks are going to get completed yep. in the time jump. Yep. Got it. And to do book two of the game, I need the strays to be established. Right now, as fun as it is, as cool as it is, and wild as it is, really from an outsider perspective, the strays are a bunch of amateurs who are lucky to be alive right now. And for chapter two or book two, Which I need is them because we're a bunch of amateurs that are lucky to be alive right yes. now. I need them to not be amateurs. I need them to be established professionals. Now that doesn't mean boring and not risk takers. And in fact, I would love it if in the five year time jump, they become corrupt and degenerate and, you know, they, they grow in different ways. But as far as the gang is concerned, I need Chapter 2 to have an established gang going into it. So that's why I'm doing the time okay. jump. So 
when we talk about a time jump, mm-hmm. it strikes me that the if we've established a reason why, why the time jump's there at all, what purpose it serves, the next question that I would want to know is exactly what do we need to cover in the course yeah. of that jump? You know, what like what you need to cover as players or what the the game the game and everybody needs. You to know, cover. I think all the above because all right, well, you know, what, let's go back to the gnarl right and, yeah. and Sir William and all that stuff game because as much as we beat that one to death, I think it'd be easier to talk about mm-hmm. because it happened. Well, it happened, yeah. and also you don't have to hedge what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, because I, of spoilers. I, I do apologize to the audience because I really do feel like I'm hedging around right, a lot right, of right. stuff. But, but, when I'm so let's about just this. we'll just change the example game to another one that had a time jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when when you told us in that game, okay, there's going to be an, I don't remember what it was eighteen months or three years yeah, or five it, years. It was only a year or two. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't huge, but okay. Right. But, but it was a couple of years, I think. But there were several things that we had to figure out during the course of that time. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that I looked at as a player was why the time jump was occurring. And when you explained, it's because we want to reach a point, and it sounds in this regard mm-hmm. fairly similar to your yeah. Blades in the Dark game, we want you guys to reach a point where you're established Okay, well, I now, as a player, understand what the GM is trying to accomplish with this time jump, and therefore, to assist you as a game master, what kinds of tasks we need to be fleshing out. So, that's not to say I can't cover other tasks, I'll come back to that in a second, but what were the major bits of infrastructure Mm -hmm. building we were doing in the meantime? Pat was building up his city. He was trying... Not only his city... His hold on the city. His hold on the city, yeah. Because they're cities. I was about to say kingdoms. They're city-states. So his army, his economy, his alliances with neighboring city-states. His spies and assassins and rooting out the spies and assassins that were working against him. Yep. And what the group that know what I was doing was building up the group that was trying to take out Mm -hmm. the elders and actually helping them for that whole time. Because I was very anti-elders in that mm-hmm. game. And Pat was an elder. It, and yeah. he had to build up defenses against what you were doing. And so we knew what the broad goals were that we had to address. We knew that for the game master's sake, for the sake of the game, these are the things, you know, it's our characters. We can answer mm-hmm. the questions however we want. But these are the things that we have to address for the sake of keeping the game moving forward. Well, and one thing that was interesting about how Chad approached at that time was he went around and asked us each what we were doing. We gave him, here is our plan. But at that point, he's like, okay, let's roll some dice to see how that actually worked out. Yeah, because there's a difference between what you want and what you actually achieve. So we didn't just narrate, here's what I did over that time. We described, here's what I tried to do. And then, man, that was a good idea. Rolled some random dice to to try to... Figure out how successful were we in Be our Be careful, goals. though, son, because it doesn't always work out the way you hope. Because no. when you want failure, you have Wayne roll. Yes. But you told me, with me, you're like, yeah, you know, I'd love I to did. see Gnarl have some struggles building his tribe. Right. You made me roll three times. 20, 19, Nailed 20. Him. Nailed him. <laughs> and yep. so all of a sudden, Gnarl's just straight it, it, pimping. It, it was like, at that point, I think, if I remember, I was like, okay, Dan. A la carte. Yep. What do you want? <laughs> but what, a, what a remarkably fun game opportunity, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in your traditional role play scenario, yeah. where the game master is progressing time, and each player at the table has their influence over the direction of things, but then you also have 
that collaborative story building opportunity where we've played for a while, we've established our characters, we've established our relationships, and now we all have the opportunity to take a step back, kind of look at the metagame of it, and then influence the direction of mm-hmm. things long term. Well, and if the game master fun. has any sense this is a great point to observe what it is the players yep. are interested in yeah. because oh, yes. when that this is your opportunity to really say good. i don't have to worry about what the party wants to do because we're just narrating we're hand waving we're footnoting this portion of history mm-hmm. i don't have to fit in with the rest of the party i can chase personal goals and all of a sudden a party member can say well you know what that one jerk we ran into three months ago I'm going to devote the next two years to hunting down and killing him. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to spend the next two years, we don't have to be violent, building an orphanage for those kids that right. we found over here. You suddenly start to get a sense of... Or, or that jerk who killed the orphanage and did all this stuff. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find him and kill him. That's what I'm doing over this time jump, this multi-year time jump. And the cool thing that you could do as a game master is work with the player on the side where the other players don't know what's going on. So, Dan, you're you're out hunting them, and I pitch an idea to you. Okay, you find them, confrontation, maybe there's some fights, maybe the, it's a running chase over the course of years, and eventually your character grows to understand him, and then you don't forgive him for what he did, but you feel that you could turn him to good. Yeah. That he's a misguided. And then, so the game opens up with, you know, it's like we've been kind of, teasing this to the other players like i'm hunting this dude down he's gonna die when i come back i'm gonna have his head and then dan comes back riding on a horse with this guy riding next to him and they are allies i mean that that's like a jaw-dropping moment for the party and i think that leads into the second thing that i would say about this is first of all not only can you get a sense of what is important to the players but secondly the players have the opportunity to insert something that maybe at the start of the game wasn't important to them. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the character. They didn't see where the game was headed. But now that they have, it gives them a chance to insert something without needing it to be introduced yeah. and developed. Okay, let me give you an example from that same game. In the course of that year or two years or whatever it was... I'm really glad you remember all this. Because I don't remember any of it until you say it. And I'm kind of concerned that maybe you're making it all up. No, and I'm, I'm just believing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible I'm remembering with You're rewriting it. my memory. I'm terrible with proper nouns, but I'm pretty good with general ideas. <laughs> yeah. But it was during that time that I came up with a concept that Narl had picked a mate yes. and had pups. Mm-hmm. Now, that was not something that if you would asked me about at the start of the game, I would have had any interest in it. This character hadn't developed in that direction. Yeah. In but, fact, your character didn't have any other null connections even, at all. They, in fact, you had the, written it in, they'd all died. Yeah, the first two or three that he picked up as henchmen came in the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he started to see the plausibility of regathering some of these scattered gnolls into a tribe. He's thinking now about the future, about generationality and all these things. Wait a minute. Are you still trying to get votes for Gnarl? <laughs> I'm just going with a game. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I can say continue. I, yeah. All right, continue. but the point is, the point is, though, that suddenly this priority that wasn't there before was there, and I didn't have to go through this long, drawn-out process of, Chad, can we devote the next three sittings mm-hmm. to everybody else watching Gnarl flirt with a she-knoll? Yeah. And... Ugh. Yeah, it it's, would have been creepy and pointless and boring to everybody Grr. else. <laughs> so one thing I'm but, thinking about with this, based on the looking at the group we have, yeah, 
there's definitely different group dynamics. Mm-hmm. You have two people within the group that in have, our blades game, or yeah, within the blades okay. game, you have two people within the group that have taken the time to write out and give you cast list of NPCs yes. with cross relationships between them. And those two people, you know, are probably going to look at this jump and they're going to have a lot of ideas of what they want to do. Sure. Then you have someone like Pat mm-hmm. who struggles to come up with what is his project yeah. to even run. Oh, I know. He's going to struggle for what he wants to happen over the five years. He, I know exactly what he is probably going to do and what I have planning on him to do. He's the king of crow's foot. I mean, mm. he, he sits atop his empire. We roll into the game. That's fine. But yeah. that's kind of what he did with, with the Gnarl game, too. Yeah. When you do something like this, you're going to have different people at the table that have different, I don't want to say amounts of creativity, because that's not what I'm getting at mm-hmm. here. Different people think differently about their characters. Well, there are some people that live in the moment, and there are some people that... That is exactly what I was trying to get plan. to. Yeah. And, and that's both players and characters. There are some characters, even if the player has a plan, there are some characters that just live more in the moment mm-hmm. or have more of a plan than others. Yeah. No, I, I don't have a problem with that. So that was something I was wondering if you would plan for, of if you have somebody that just doesn't think so, that far ahead, so in the gnarl- they might feel like after the jump, they'll be kicking themselves because I should have thought of something better, and I feel left out because here's this cool thing that happened to this person, and this Pat, cool thing that happened to this person. And- Pat had that problem in that game where he played the Elder, and he, <laughs> he, he was building the city, and we did the time jump, because that was a bit of improvisation. I, you know, I, I don't think I gave you guys much warning. I laid it on you guys, and we took about almost all of a session of talking and coming up with what you guys had done and making roles and, and interpreting the roles and stuff. And Pat, that's not his wheelhouse. He's just not very good at it. He doesn't like it. If I remember right, I think I came up with most of Pat's stuff. I didn't just you know dictate, but I'm like, well, Pat, I could see your character doing this. What do you think of that? And he's like, you know, yeah, I like it, but maybe not like that. Maybe maybe with this other person. Okay, yeah, great. Boom. There, we have that concept. Well, Pat, what about the army? I see your character not really making much of an army. He's not really a military guy. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Because he, I could see him being really afraid about invaders and stuff. So he's, oh, okay, yeah, he's got this big-ass army. And you kind of hold their hand and you lead him. I don't really need to hold Dan's hand. I need to restrain Dan and hold yeah. him back because he'll make this entire <laughs> null culture and universe that's become its own thing and get its own damn Twitter account. You're going to go from <laughs> one page of NPCs yeah. to, like, 20 pages with with wayne it's just like i'll get handout after handout i'm like where are you even getting a printer how do you have time to type this up we're talking about this now and it's just like he just keeps handing and fair it is dawn came up with her printout like over a week i had like a month that i did mine Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that big of a uh, a thing i don't know where she finds the time to do she's a housewife (laughs) i would do you know something (laughs) though that i think you can also do with this time as players or it might be important to do with this time as players Mm -hmm is this gives you a chance to reevaluate a lot of the fundamental presumptions about your character because of the fact that, I mean, a, a time jump, a lot of things can change in the course of several years. Alcoholics can sober up. People so, can become alcoholics. Am That's I the only one that here that the first thing that I think when you when someone suggests a time jump, my very first thought is, do I want my character to be alive or do I want a new character and have well, it die in Wayne, five that, years? No, that was one of the things that I wrote down here. And this isn't exactly the same as what you just said, but I think it is very closely tied to it, which is relationships can change. You know, there are friendships I have gained, lost, or in some cases gained, lost, and gained again 
in the course of five years. You may have to go back and at some level revisit the entire group template and say, now that five years have gone by, are we still a cohesive unit? Have we? Grown? Has everyone gone their separate yeah. ways, and now we need to do a reintroduction game? Or is or maybe one character together? just not coming back yeah. because he or she's dead, or has started some mm-hmm. empire, and that's all they care about now, or has retired, or whatever? And as a piece of game master advice, too, if a player goes that route of saying, "You know, I think I'm going to make a new character. My character, not a violent death, just walks off into the sunset. You know, they they just walk down the road mm-hmm. and walk away." As a game master, there's a very deep temptation to say, ooh, new bad guy. And yeah, it's like, eh, Respect that. Yeah, yeah. you got to respect the person's character and their yeah. choices and things they did. And, and then going back to the Gnarl game, Sir William wasn't in the city while all that was going off. He was off doing his thing. So that was Chad's catalyst for, this has been going on all this time. Now that this time jump is done, there has to be something to make this new day different than yesterday. Otherwise, why are we starting right now? Yeah. So in this case, it was Sir William, my character, has now returned to the city. Mm-hmm. That is what is different than the last year, two years. Right. That's the catalyst. That's for the catalyst. The, the start point. Well, so that's the kind of thing that I think you would need to think about, too, if you're doing this, is what makes today right. different than yesterday? Yeah. Why well, is today why the day years, that we're starting? Why five years, three months, and two days? There has to be a reason why time made the jump, and there has to be a reason where it landed. Yeah. And then that reason needs to kick off the new adventure. There because really, been, that's what you're doing. Yeah. It's a new adventure. Unless you're saying, we have this com- adventure from A to B, but in the middle of A to B is a long space journey where everybody goes into cryosleep for 80 years. That's not the kind of time jump we're talking about here. We're talking about a significant plot altering character that's really what what it is it's altering the characters it's altering the story it's altering the plot it's altering the world in some way to make the same game different there is one point here that i think i want to give as a very strong piece of advice which i just alluded to a second ago which is you might want to revisit the group template especially when people are radically changing a character's goals or situation or are changing out the character completely. I'm not playing this person anymore. I'm playing that person. There are games with time jumps. And the Narl Sir William Ceremony wasn't one of them. But there are games I've played in that had time jumps like that. Where the time jump, quite frankly, destroyed the group. Sure. The group as... And you know, sometimes that happens in real life. Sometimes you meet up with somebody that you haven't seen in 10 years. And it's like the friendship picked up as if it never left off. But there are other times you just can't go back. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this with characters and games as much as in real life, or sometimes you bring everybody back together and it just doesn't work. And if you haven't taken that time to say, look, what is it that would actually draw us back together? What is it that now five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road would make us say, we even still care about the same Mm -hmm. things anymore. Now that we've had kids and done this and done that and killed the dragon and whatever else solved all these problems that originally gave our group, that cohesion, is that still there? And if it's not, then what do we need to adjust? And especially if someone's bringing in a new character, does this new character at all fit into the existing group dynamic? I was about to hit on that because that's something that doesn't even need a time jump to potentially be a problem. I mean, we saw in the last session that we had that kind of happened. Dawn created her secondary character, Mm -hmm. brought it in, 
but we hadn't talked about how we were bringing it in. Yeah. So it just shows up at everyone's it. <laughs> it's a character. Yeah. It's yeah. not right. a real You're suspicious person. and the presentation's yeah. flat. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If we talked about it ahead of time and planned for it, that wouldn't have happened. But we got caught in that that you know, rut I, that you always hear about. I actually kind of like, oh, out. yeah, you seem trustworthy. Please join our party. Oh, ours was the opposite. Oh, no, it's op- yeah. it's opposite. Yeah. From my perspective, it was great yeah. because nobody trusted him. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're yeah. like, who what, gave you this address? Why you are you here? What do you mean Dawn's character sent you to the secret hideout to talk about the plans for doing the evil bad thing? Oh, yeah, man. She right. gave me, yeah, secret hideout. Yeah, she gave me a map. You're a bartender. My character actually sent a messenger to go get another bartender to take over his job because the bartender showed up to do crime with us. (laughs) But getting back to the time jump thing, though, too, the players really have to kind of work together to make it work. Uh, So as a game master, I think you have to kind of get some buy in from them to kind of say, hey, I'm doing this time. By the way, Wayne, I'm doing a time jump in our (laughs) game in a few months. But to do this time jump, because let's say we're, we're doing a, a traditional D&D game and our group was brought together because we were all in the same village together and a dragon attacked and we came together and we defeated the dragon. And then somebody asked, where did the dragon come from? Oh, there's a clue that evil this and no, oh, that's over there. And hey, we're going to save the kingdom. And we have this great adventure and then we're brought together through this adventure. And then we do a time jump and it's 10 years later and we all meet in a market. It's like, hey, hey, that dragon thing. That was crazy. <laughs> right. See you later. And it's awkward. And it's awkward. And you've grown somebody apart says, and you no longer have anything in common. It's like yeah. a high school reunion. Yeah. yeah. Or or everybody's together. It's like, okay, hey, the band's back together. Let's kick some ass. And then Wayne, who who writes very detailed backgrounds, is like going through his background. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, adventuring. And, and we killed the dragon. That's great. But you know what? I took all the money that we got from killing the dragon and saving the kingdom and I bought a tavern and I got this wife. She's on page four and I've got 18 pages of kids and I really don't have time to do this adventure thing anymore. Except and, I wouldn't actually do that because that'd be well, game breaking. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so the players it, have to understand that it's just like, okay, you made this great, awesome character is this in and 18 kids and has all this backstory. And he, he did it because he got the money from his adventuring days. And as a game master, I'm sitting there thinking it's like, Wayne, you either have to change your character up or I'm going to have to set your in on fire and kill all your children. <laughs> it's your call, buddy. <laughs> Wait, and that's the thing is, I would think about that as I was figuring out what was going on. But when you're thinking about what you want for your character, sometimes it is hard to think about that. Mm-hmm. What would your character realistically do? Yes. Let's say you're playing a modern day game and your character is a banker and then he just got a million dollars. You know what? He's going to invest. <laughs> yeah. He may not need to go on whatever adventure at that point maybe it is time for a new character yeah and that's something that's going to be kind of interesting is i want to see what everyone else wants to do as well yeah and i'm kind of already cementing what i kind of want to do well and And i'm not planning on we have more things that are going to happen i have no plans i'm not planning on and i'm going to break you guys in many various ways and i'm going to hurt you and destroy you and it's well they're criminals don't (laughs) give me that look don't feel sorry for them they're the bad guys but yeah i'm thinking about that it's (laughs) When the time comes, I want to hear what everyone else is thinking. Rodor because... has given me the, really? You're going to be that GM look? <laughs> no, 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 there, there must be adversity, right? There, there have to be challenges. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not interesting. Right. No, 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 I, I, I get it. Yeah. My initial thought is I don't plan on switching my characters. But 
as everyone goes around and we see what happens with the group, maybe the group is in a place at the end that this character doesn't fit anymore. Your character already doesn't fit with the group. True. It's wonderful. I, I, it's really great. It causes a lot of conflict. Like you said, there's conflict, right? That conflict makes the story interesting. Right, but do, they, but do they have friendship? I mean, is the friendship strong enough or his value to the her. group but or yeah, her value yeah. to the group strong enough that they can overcome that conflict? Her value to the group is immense. And in this current chapter, it's going to be super immense. And her value is also a major detriment to the group. Yep. It's very interesting. Ah, see, that's that's intriguing. The paranormal yeah. things in this world are very illegal. Mm-hmm. That is what I do. That's her whole shtick. And in Beyond Illegal, it's like, it's ooh, gross, oh my god, you freak sort of stuff. But they don't keep around, oh, because we need her. They don't have much other choice. I, I You know, it, it comes have, to the motivations of the yeah, character. My character has a very strong relationship with two of the other characters. Mm-hmm. A very weak relationship with the other two characters. I know that one character at one point, player said, if my character ever finds out what she just tried to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to kill that character. Right. And it was totally legit. Yeah. Completely legit response. But anyway... Speaking of characters, though, something that we had talked about when we are kind of coming up with the bullet points. Sorry, I'm taking over moderation. No, go ahead. Some, one of the things that we came up with when we are coming up with the bullet points for this thing is what are the types of characters that would be really good at this and what are the types of characters that would be really bad at this? One of the examples was, okay, we're going to do a 20-year time jump and it's like D&D land, whatever. And Wayne is playing a human and Brodor is playing an elf and elves live for a thousand years. And we're doing a 20-year time jump. So you know what? that's a major big deal for Wayne's human character. That's a whatever for Brodor's. My, my watercolors are going to be badass. <laughs> yeah. That's all I know. Is if we're doing a huge time jump, yeah. I'm focusing on art. Yeah. I'm reading. I'm, I'm clearly playing a wizard. Right. So it's all, about, it's all about studying and painting and writing poetry. And, 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 and as much as I hate to reference Voyager for anything... <laughs> Voyager had a character whose species lasted for 10 years. Yeah. What if you have something like that in your party? Right. You're doing a 20-year time jump. This person well, is three years old. That character's not going to be there in 20 years. Right, mm-hmm. which, is in, which is interesting. I think if we do the entire party as elves, that isn't going to quite be interesting unless there's like major world changes and plot changes right. or whatever. No, it but, only really needs yeah. to be discussed if there's a difference. In the human, the human elf party, is that interesting? Is it interesting that the time jump doesn't mean anything for you realistically, but is huge for him? And can you come up with good role-playing opportunities on the other side of that? Like, damn, you're old. Right. Or 50, or, you know, 20 years to yeah. him is significant, where 20 right. years to well, my character I don't is know that it would not. make a massive ongoing mm. plot point or character point, because I think, quite frankly, it, it would become a tired theme. Right. But... Does it bear consideration? Does it bear mentioning? Yes, I think absolutely. I mean, the fact that in 20 years, as far as, I mean, a thousand-year-old race is concerned, I mean, if we assume, let's just for round numbers, say a human lives to be 100, which is obviously a bit optimistic, Mm -hmm. then you're talking about a span of two years. How much do we really consider a person to have changed in the course of two years, especially once you're, if we're not talking like ages two to four? I mean, obviously, there's a pretty big change there. I was about to hit that, too, Dan. Let's say they're all humans, but one human starts the game at age 15, and one human starts the game at age 25. 
Yeah, 25 to 30 is not as big of a change as 15 to 20. Mm -hmm. And that's with just humans with the same lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something else to think about is where are they at in their lifespan? Well, and what are what are the major events? I mean, mm-hmm. if we had a five year jump, the the and then you know right now, but you know, God forbid something happens to my wife, I'm a way different person yeah. in two years after the death of my spouse than I am you know in five years with everything being status quo. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that is something that could balance out even a long lived race, is depending on what you put in there. Black could happen to an elf in twenty years. I mean, you may not age a whole lot, yeah. and maybe you don't have a lot of life changes or physiological changes. But there could be a catastrophic mm-hmm. change. Yeah, a in lot life. of crap could happen. Yeah. And I mean, 20 yeah. years is still 20 years. A lot of events could happen. It's hard to uh, imagine what people are like who would live like a thousand years or something right. like that. I mean, there's a lot of speculative fiction, a lot of vampire mm-hmm. stories and things of, of that nature. Hell, even Adventure Time, the cartoon deals with that because they have a character in there, a couple. That is a thousand years old, but she looks like a teenager and the character is Marceline and she's this vampire demon vampire girl. And she just has kind of she's not evil. She's just over the course of a thousand years in a post-apocalyptic world. Her moral compass has just really kind of drifted off the mark. Well, another aspect of that, too, is like we were just saying who you're hanging out with. If you look at a story about long-lived elves are hanging out with other elves it's no big deal right but let's say you're the only elf in a city of humans you suddenly get the highlander effect you're watching everyone you've ever loved grow old and die around you the, well, that's you a the, different the apathy thing. effect like at, yeah. at some point yeah. i just don't care anymore yeah. right right i just and it's it just i'm but just that's i'm tired i'm bored I'm, I'm i'm disinterested that, you know? that happens with the marceline yeah. character she has a lot of apathy and a lot of self-centeredness that is not natural to her character. She's just lived for a thousand years. And the other characters subtly through the show kind of remind her of what is important. And, and the moral compass kind of drifts back to true north. And then it kind of drifts off again. Very interesting character. Kid show, but has a lot of adult subtext to it. That's very cool. I've had this dream game that I've always wanted to run. And it's... I don't really have the specifics of it. I kind of think of it like maybe a Dresden vampire, the masquerade type game where there's supernatural, but it's all hidden and stuff. And what we do is we start in the 1860s. And so it starts as a wild West game and then adventures happen. And then it jumps to like world war one. And then it jumps to the 1950s and then it jumps to the 1980s and then it jumps to the present day. And only one person is allowed to keep their character through all the jumps. And it's like a vampire or something. They start at the beginning and they will end at the end, but all the other people play different characters. You play your ancestors, you play someone related, you play the friend of a friend, you play the bad guy who survived, who's now turned good or whatever, whatever you want to do. But one character, one person who's probably be Pat, Pat. Pat, because that's his shtick plays the same guy. And I just would love to run that game for like a couple of years and see how that one person's character changes, but not make the plot revolve around them. They're just a character. Right. Same spotlight and equal time in the plot as all the other characters through all the t- plot jumps. 
I would love to play that character because I've talked before. You can't. Pat's going to play him. He'll yeah, Pat would totally him. play him. Yeah, we all know Pat would grab that. Which one. is the reason why I think you should not have Pat play. <laughs> yeah. When he someone's that predictable for two it's... years. So <laughs> I would love to play that character because, as we've said before, I don't like seeing the characters grow. My character, I don't like seeing them grow old, die, yeah. and play the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing for me. That's something I struggle so, with. Let me. So I don't. Why want don't you like that? Well, we talked before, I have a lot of anxiety issues, a lot of depression mm-hmm. issues. The idea of seeing this character that is the star go past his prime and into mm-hmm. his end, that is something that doesn't that, That's not to your me. escapism, that's not no, your fantasy. that's something I want. constantly have going in my head, that's so right. I don't want to deal with that. But that would be cool for me to be the character that is, mm-hmm. so you could do your generational game yeah. of, those characters are all dead, now here's these characters and these characters... Without me having to do that with my character, <laughs> which is why I would actually enjoy that. I would be a morose character yeah. by the end. Well, and, that, and I would have fun playing that character because that character doesn't go past his prime. Everyone around yeah. him does. That's kind of what I want to see. It's like, does the character become morose through playing of the game? Or does the joy of all these different characters, do they look back on their life and then they see this? beautiful fabric of friends and relationships and lovers that they've had trailing behind them and just think, wow, what a great life I've led. Or do they look back and see this tapestry of dark wreckage and death and I, everyone I touch, I dies. How I would think I would play it would be, because that's how Pat's playing his character. How I would play it would be pretty much none of the above. Mm -hmm. Life is a roller coaster. A really long life is going to be a really big roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Maybe during one arc, you're stuck in the mindset of everyone I've ever loved has died. And then you're the down character. And then in the next time period, you've realized you can't live like that forever. You're just going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. And then you open up again and the characters get through. And then in the next period, yeah, it could change from period to period. And it wouldn't necessarily be like we've just described that linear progression. Mm-hmm. Some things about the character oh, would yeah. be a linear progression, but it's his actual mood well, see, and could fluctuate a lot. That's absolutely it. why I want to run this sort of dream game because I I don't know how the the, the character would be. Hmm. I don't know how his journey would be or her journey would be throughout the course of the thing. Well, there's your homework. Run it. <laughs> and have somebody other than Pat play the immortal character. <laughs> he'll stab so he'll stab you. It's got to be him. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up. Check the show notes for links to the Warframe Guild and also for voting and getting in. Well, getting in your ideas. We're not mm-hmm. voting yet, but getting in <laughs> your ideas on what you would like to see uh, us play with the folks from the One Shot Podcast. I'll put a link to their show in the notes as well. If you're not familiar with them, then do check them out. And apart from that, you guys have a good week and great game. And we will catch you next time. See ya. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2016. Listeners are free to use this show in any non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the Pulp Gamer Media Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at pulpgamer.com.